0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have, um, I don't want to butcher this guy's name, man. He'll hate me, but it's Gwalter. Gwalter is his name. And we're going to have him on here in just a second. So stay with us and share this out. Share it out. See you in a minute. all right here we go let's get walter on here dude welcome to the show man
1: thank you ken i love the intro man Grant cardone you. you got some killers on here
0: yeah dude i what um my best friend in the world is glenn Morshower, who played agent aaron pierce on on 24 he's actually right now in atlanta filming um for ozark he just got a role on ozark like, yeah, he's, that's awesome. he's, he's the man. We were live last night. We did a, we did, we have a blast, man. But so yeah, look, man, I, I started this show about three years ago and it was literally to help people have a breakthrough, to get unstuck. And, and I know that we've all been through, most people been through some crap in life, <laughs> right? So, so that's what this is about, man. It's about how you got through the tough times you know so so walter why don't you start with where you were born and raised
1: all right so i was born in fall river massachusetts which if you do look it up it is not boston if anybody asks me i say oh boston but it's an hour away from boston it's the heroin capital of the the state and uh, has a pretty rough reputation as far as the most shootings in the state and uh, but i didn't know that growing up i really thought i, uh, I grew up in a really nice place <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. The heroin capital?
1: Oh yeah. We there's a lot of reputation around Fall River and we have the most uh corrupt politicians. It's uh I, th- I think we're on the come-up, but our, our past mayor was uh recently indicted, and prior to that, the mayor before him uh you know brandished a gun and ended up out of office. So we've we've removed our mayors twice in the city. We have another thing we're great at. So <laughs>
0: Wow sounds sounds like a really nice place to grow up
1: <laughs> yeah it's where I started so I, I started at yeah. the bottom now we're here
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice dude so so growing up I mean was it was it rough was it a rough town when you were a kid I mean
1: so it was definitely rougher than it is now and I wasn't allowed to... Go on the sidewalk. I wasn't allowed to leave the yard. I wasn't allowed to, you know, ride my bike down the block. Uh, you know, my parents were really cautious about everything. In fact, uh, in the second grade, they pulled me out of school. They said, "We're gonna homeschool you. This this is just getting too bad." And uh, they were concerned, and they were concerned about, you know, like what was going on. So they they decided they would they'd homeschool us. Which, you know, thanks, but that makes you really awkward and unsocial. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know our our daughter's homeschooled right now because of all this this craziness going on. So, and she's missing her friends big time. Big time, man. So, yeah, that's that's that that sucks. So, so in second grade, so what is that like 7 or 8 years old, like damn. It. And you were homeschooled the entire time then?
1: homeschooled my entire life and then I went to college and I I only i only did like two semesters in college wow but I turned out okay you know I turned out a millionaire turned out successful but it was um I had to work a little harder for it Ken
0: (laughs) I'm sure well I can I can relate to that man so so you you only what were you going to college for
1: so I went to college for marketing. I, I thought that was like a great idea. You know, I, I liked um, the concept of it. I knew every business needed it, and I got in. And I realized I sucked at it, and then I got into accounting. <laughs> they, they they changed my major to accounting, and with a wow. business minor. And uh, I never finished college, but everything that I took from there. Fortunately, I didn't take histories or anything. I just took math, Excel, you know, accounting, uh, business management, like things that I could actually use later on in my life.
0: Yeah. So, so you left college, um, and then where'd you go? Did you instantly become a millionaire? Did you, (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was my story. (laughs) Yeah. Now were you still in, in, in mass at the time?
1: I was still in Massachusetts. Uh, so what I did was I went and I started working at a, like a, a bakery. So it was the biggest bakery on new England. So they have like 500 employees and they ship, uh bread for a stop and shop shaw's market basket and i was what they call a rack hauler so i would grab these 500 pound racks i grabbed two in each hand so i'm carrying a ton and I would, my job was to haul them from one side of the warehouse to the other side of the warehouse and i was doing this on third shift so i was doing this from eight o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning and i thought it was a great job because they were paying me 18 an hour plus the third shift uh two dollar bump so i was wow. making like twenty dollars an hour but i couldn't feel my legs in the morning and i couldn't i couldn't spend any time with family because i'd be sleeping literally i get home at eight i'd be sleeping at nine and i would sleep the entire day away and then wake back up and do it again wow
0: i'm assuming they were on wheels they were on wheels (laughs) the only
1: benefit was they were on the wheels
0: (laughs) wow when You try to turn those corners with that like
1: dude I, I was 140 pounds at the time you know like wow big guy pulling these things
0: so so um how long did you do that i
1: did that for three years and i worked walmart before that so i you know thought i was the man being the manager at walmart and yeah uh moved my way up into that job and then i, I watched that movie office space office space changed my life you know it's crazy right did but, it really yeah, man, I watched that movie and I was office like,
0: office space.
1: I could be in an office doing nothing all day. <laughs> I
0: was like, that yeah. could I could be that guy, right? And Jennifer Aniston, I might meet her. <laughs> the, we could only hope. I,
1: I did not have any hot ladies in my office. It just I didn't work out that way.
0: <laughs> it's not what I thought it would be. <laughs> so you 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 left this this l- labor intensive job and went to an office.
1: Yeah, and in, what? So I was, my father-in-law at the time had brought, got me into this uh, finance department. I was just, dude, all I did was write invoices up, you know, but I was in finance. I was in accounting, but all I did was push the print button, reconcile, push the print button, reconcile. But what it did for me is it started getting me seeing big contracts, work for a company called Computer Associates and they'd bill Walmart, like a million dollars a month where they bill like the big, uh, you know, Pfizer, like these big companies. Raytheon, like a like million dollar invoices, and I just be like the guy who printed it and put it in an envelope. But it was enough to to get me thinking like m- this money exists.
0: That's awesome. That that's awesome. So so how long did you work in the office stuffing invoices into envelopes? Four years. It's my longest job ever. Four <laughs> I years.
1: I drive an hour from Fall River up to Boston. And I'd sit there for eight hours a day.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Were you making the same money or better or less? I was making the same money. I, in fact, I actually was
1: making less. But for me, I didn't. I got to sleep during the the night like normal people, and yeah. I got to see my wife at the time. So it was it was like a benefit to me. But like, I realized I had a blueprint. I made forty thousand for the last ten years. Right. All wow. I did was change how I was making it, but I was still making 40 grand 10 yeah. years in a row.
0: Yeah. Wow. And, and what happened after four years? Did you, did you smash a printer out in the field? And <laughs> it, got <bad. laughs> yeah, it got bad, It got
1: bad. So I, I started, <laughs> I started jumping, like, I started like, Reading these books, you know, rich dad, poor dad, uh, secrets of the millionaire mind, rich Rich man of Babylon, "Think and Grow Rich," science of getting rich. If it said rich in the title, I was like, I'm reading that book because I am not rich at the moment, and this is not working for my life. Yeah, and I got obsessed. I got nuts, man. Like I got, I got tapped out. Like I was a little crazy. And I, uh, Charles, what's up, brother? So I I shifted over and I decided I was going to get into stock trading. And I, man, I threw like my, all my money into it, five grand. It's all I had Yeah, I threw five wow. grand to stock trading. And I, I gained How did like you have grand.
0: five grand. If you're only making 40 a year,
1: well, I was living in fall river where the average rent was 700 bucks uh, <laughs> and commuting in. <laughs> wow, man. It was not an easy time, but I was yeah. convinced that I was on top of the world. Right. I had two cars. Yeah. I had a house. I really thought I was a man. And from where I came from, I was crushing it, right? Like all my friends would be happy to make forty grand. They'd be happy to make uh, the money I was making. Yeah. And but then something shifted. I wanted more. I realized I wanted more. You know, I got married. I bought a house, and like now my all my money was gone. And like all these books, I I was trading. I sucked at trading. I'd lose. I make three grand. I'd lose three grand. I make three grand. I'd lose three grand. So it was like I just couldn't get ahead. Yeah. On the story of Tesla. I was buying Tesla at twenty (laughs) four dollars. It'd get to sixty dollars, and I'd be like, "Awesome, you know, win." Not a win. (laughs) What's Tesla at now? It's like Uh, it's like seven fifty right now. You know, whatever. (laughs) Small, and it's if you take a look at the when they did the split, the five uh, stock split, it would be close to
0: the thirty five hundred right now. Wow, I did not win. <laughs> yeah, if you would have held on to it, you'd be uh, uh you'd be doing all right, dude. Well, Ken, I mean, you having no, this
1: conversation, I'd have more hair. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. So, so you um, so so y- you you started doing the stock trading thing. It wasn't working for you, um, and you were still living in Massachusetts. Taxachusetts. And, huh? Taxachusetts, Yep. Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, and so w- what happened, man, what, what happened with the, this, the, the, that, that job?
1: So I, I got this crazy idea that I could just start contracting. So I started contracting and I would go to these recruiters and I just built this big list of recruiters instead of me trying to find different jobs. I'd have these recruiters call me, they'd call me with a $25,000, uh, $25,000 an hour job or a $30, $30 an hour job or a $35 an hour job. And I would just shift from, then I started working at Coca-Cola, then I started working at Johnson & Johnson, and then Coca-Cola, uh, you know, their contract ended, but Johnson Johnson opened another one up. So I, I'd be making these raises every time I jump every six months from these different companies. And then Johnson Johnson pulled me on full time. For the first time in my life, I was making $78,000, you know, and I realized that I had all this extra cash and I really just hated my job. And it was in that job that I actually snapped. Like that was the job where I got so like fed up with, like I was a administrator to the vice presidents in Johnson and Johnson in the sales team for a company that they own, uh, DePew Synthes, and I yeah. was like frustrated booking people's flights. Like I just hated the idea of I'm booking people's flights. I should be on flights, you know? Like for I'm booking sev- this seventy hotel, grand I a year, right?
0: <laughs> you know? that's not, dude. That's not a terrible gig. No,
1: but I. You know, <laughs> I I just, I had this entrepreneurial spirit, you know, I, yeah. I started all these little side businesses that didn't work out. I've, I've been doing the, hu- the hustle with, you know, stock trading and it, it just like, it was because I'd made too much money, Ken. Like, I don't know, like if you studied Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, T. Harv Ecker's principle. Well, it's but
0: the, not one of my favorite books.
1: So the blueprint, right? The blueprint yeah. hit me. I, I yeah. My thermostat got way up to uh, 78. And my, I was like, no, I'm a $40,000 person. So it just, boom, you know, I hit that wall and I was like, I got to get out of this job. Like, I hate it. I didn't hate that. The job was the easiest job I ever had.
0: It was literally the the easiest thing I ever had. I didn't have call to on call. Call on Calling Delta all day. Right? Like, hey, I need to book a flight <laughs> to Europe for some a-hole that I don't really like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know these guys,
1: right? They were, they were in Smith, Virginia. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, dude. That's crazy. Nobody
1: babysat me, but I was miserable because I was making too much money for myself.
0: Wow. Really?
1: That's Easiest job of my life. Right. I'd, I'd made it, but I was miserable because I was earning too much. That That is yeah. not logical, by the way. Not even close. That, no. that is mo- emotional. None of it makes sense. But it was, you know, I've done the research, I've gone back, and that's what I did because the next year I only made 17,000. I evened it out, right? Like, well I had done. Star-plus, Good job, dude. Right? Like, I, my subconscious <laughs> mind was crushing it.
0: <laughs> oh my God. This is great. Okay. So, so you, um, you hit the ceiling. You didn't know. Like you didn't, you didn't realize what was going on. Like no, no way. But, but you, so you, um, your auto barometer kicked in and said, nope, you hate this job. It's miserable talking to Delta all day. What are you doing, man? You're better than this or you're not better than this. So good. I I thought I was better. Good. So what'd you do? What happened? You said you snapped.
1: Yeah. So, Dude, did
0: you, at any point in this story, I want to know if you beat the shit out of a printer or not.
1: <laughs> With I'm, a ball pass,
0: <laughs> I'm so
1: passive aggressive. Like <laughs> <laughs> at, at the time I, uh, I was building all the Excel files that the company would use for, you know, pricing and all this stuff. And I just, I set a, just a little flaw in the Excel files that made my life. Like I was just like, okay, like when this code changes, Everything else isn't going to work and they'll miss me like it was so immature. It was so dumb Um, and they they never missed me and they never gave me a call to say, hey, can you fix this for me? So, you know, I don't know what happened. Did you (laughs) quit? Yeah. What happened was I bought two houses, right? So I bought this three family and I bought this two family. I sold my single family. I bought these two houses using that money. And I was now making this passive income like, you know, $15,000 a year. And I, I couldn't stand my job. So when I went to quit, like, I remember I was ratting out everybody in the company, like, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. Like, it was like my final, like, I just went through and I told everybody everything that I'd ever thought about them, or, you know, if I didn't like them, I'd tell other people, like, all, like it was just <laughs> so God. mature, dude.
0: Did did the thought ever occur to you that snitches get stitches? Like,
1: yeah, no. Like, I hadn't learned about sixty nine at the time. So, yeah, I was I was sixty nine at that time. It was not it
0: was not a healthy place in my life. Wow. So okay. So you um you you wreaked havoc as you were exiting. How long did that go on? A month? Two months? That was, I gave them, that was
1: one day. That was just one day oh. of hell. Yeah. I just, wow. I tore through the office. There's 2000 people that work there. So I, I had, you know, I had some time to take care of business and, uh, yeah, wow. I talked to HR. They were my starting point. I just ran the list. And then I, I ran through, uh, the rest of the company, got got my chest off, got it all off my chest and I got
0: out. You just walked out.
1: Yeah, but I, I remember calling my wife and crying, right? Cause I was like, dude, I'm done. Like I was emotional. Like I was like, I'm fucking done. Like I can't deal wow. with these people anymore. Like I'm out. And like looking back, obviously I realized I was so immature. Like like now I realize like I choose the people I spend my time with, you know, like I choose what I do. And but at the time I felt like I was in a prison. Yeah, I really did. I it on and think like, oh my god, like this is hell. Like I'm, I'm like a rope. How did I show up here again today? Like I don't know what's going on in my life, but every day I get in the car and it brings me here. This is this is torture.
0: You know, Grant talks about that. You know, we we have a tendency of picking the wrong target when we're when we're you know when we're ticked off. A lot of people do right. So we 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 might be miserable. And, and we blame it on something that has nothing to do really in reality with our misery. <laughs> right. Yep.
1: So, that, that so was... okay.
0: So you leave, how old are you at that point? Like you leave this.
1: At that point I was 20, 28 years old.
0: You were 20,
1: 28. So I was 28, All 28,
0: 28 yep. making 70 grand a year. Yeah. That's that's dude. That's not that bad. Well from what booking I... flights you were booking flights, dude. I made so... it, man. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> so so here you are. Okay, so you're 28. Um and you have a you have a duplex and a triplex, it sounds like. Yeah. And and um, so you're now at that point, you're like, I don't need this crap. I'm a real estate mogul, y'all.
1: That's like what's come up. on so right. I, built a, I built a wedding invitation business with my beautiful wife at the time and uh so I, I was married to a beautiful woman i had two pieces of real estate we had two vehicles i moved back to my hometown so i was i was the king right i was doing really good i had all this passive income i had this high paying job and i was completely miserable right like the the people in my city like we're making thirty six thousand dollars a year that was the the income And I look younger than 28, please. (laughs) Thank you. That was seven years ago. So, so I was at the top of the world in my mind, but that's because I'd never been outside of my city, right? I'd never really done anything. I didn't never gone anywhere. So I would just, I went out and then I came right back and I just, I stayed small for a little while. And I ended up when I quit my job, You know, because I had that wedding invitation business my wife was running. She had just quit her job and she was doing it. When I quit my job, she in her head was like, This man is not supporting me. Like, he's not thinking about me. He's thinking about himself. Yeah. He's not concerned about our future. Now, I'd saved up $25,000 before I quit. And I did have two rental properties and I was crushing sales on her business. Like, I was just cold calling and doing all of this stuff. But She saw me as a liability, no longer as an asset, and so she asked for divorce. Literally the same month that I quit. Wow! So I, you know, I I crushed my blueprint. By the way, right? I crushed it. Right? So
0: yeah,
1: I was making my forty thousand. I I evened it out. The next year, I got my real estate license. So I'm an accountant going into sales. Yeah. And I didn't realize real estate is not—they don't hand you leads. Like you got to go and build a business and I had no Facebook at the time. Like I, I didn't know any of this stuff. Like what you yeah. teach, I I didn't understand. Yeah. So it was it was a really amazing situation for putting yourself into the fire and building yourself. But like it was it was really hell for me. You know, and my my wife she called me while I was renovating one of my units. I'd never renovated a unit before. I never you know had tenants before and I was renovating. I remember sitting on a, a bucket when she gave me the call and i just sat down on this paint bucket and i thought like I, and i grew up with suicidal tendencies like, I, I was always like you know thinking about it in the back of my head and at this point i was like yeah i guess this is as good a time as any to just finish things and end it now because uh, it doesn't get worse than this i've lost the love of my life you know I, I was building all this real estate and doing all these businesses for her anyway and i've lost that i've you know quit my job i now have no source of income and I'm not really that great at this real estate thing, even though I've studied a lot of it. And, uh, you know, I don't really have a reason to go forward at this point. And like, it was such a traumatic experience just thinking about it. But, but you know, we all have that one person. And for me, it was my brother. That first mm. person showed my head, okay, no, I, I, I got to stay here. I can't I can't take my life because, you know, my brother, that wouldn't be fair to him. And then I put my dad in my head. And, and then from that point, I didn't really have much else. I thought of my uncle, my grandparents, and I was like, I need something bigger. Like, I need something to keep me here on this planet because otherwise, like, I don't have uh, enough, like these people, these five people I thought of aren't aren't enough to keep me here. And I thought like, there must be other people who suffer like this. And if there, even if there's one other person who's suffering, you know, the the trauma I'm going through, like maybe... I could teach that person. So if I could figure out how wealth works, if I could figure out how relationships work, if I could figure out how to mentally stay happy at all times, then I could go out and teach somebody one day. And that, then I remember vividly walking across the kitchen, looking out the window and looking out the window and saying like to myself and just knowing I'm going to own all of these houses that I can see. And that'll be the trigger when I own these houses I will just teach people. I won't be that stuck up landlord because I, I couldn't find a mentor. Like nobody wanted to teach me what I was doing. Yeah. And I, I said, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be the guy. Like I'll just, I'll sit out at restaurants and I'll be the guy who just teaches people how to build wealth. And it, it got me excited. Like I had this chill. Like I just knew, I knew I owned all that real estate already. Like I just knew it inside my bones that it was mine. And I knew that one day I would teach and one day I'd give back and I'd contribute. And every day since then, I haven't even considered suicide, I haven't thought about it. It just you know just keep moving forward towards that goal and then we we came up with a hundred millionaires you know how do I monitor how do I like yeah. set a goal with with numbers to it? Well, a million is a number and then a hundred millionaires that's a number so now I have a a tangible goal because I was just saying I want to help people, but that yeah. didn't get me out of bed you know I'm sure you know what I'm talking about like like without some sort of way to like track if you're being successful yeah. This goal wakes me up every morning because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it wakes me. I get out. I don't sleep at night. I wake up in the
0: morning, but I'm excited
1: yeah. to be alive. You know, yeah. cause it's it's hard. You know, it's something new.
0: Dude, th- that's that's incredible, and, and I can totally relate to it. I think a lot of people can. You know, a lot of people want to admit it, admit it but but, but they, it. they they you know we've all been, th- been through some crazy stuff, man. So, um, so you, you, um, decided that you were going to own all that, that real estate. Dude, you can't fill your head with T Harv and Sharon Becker and Robert Kiyosaki and Napoleon Hill and all these amazing people. You can't fill your head with all that stuff and not have hope. Like there's there's right. When you're filling yep. your head it's guy the guy go thing garbage in garbage out when you're putting positivity in man it, it the you know anything's possible anything so That's a so truth. so you at that moment and you were in the house that you were rehabbing you said yep so so you look out the window you see all this real estate I'm going to own all this and where did things go from that day forward for you so I, I had two houses under contract. Obviously I lost those contracts
1: because I just quit my job and my wife wasn't going to co-sign on those. So uh, those contracts fell apart. And then a year went by, I made 17,000 that year, right? This is, I wrote the book broke to a quarter million. This is my broke year, right? The point uh, is not yeah. work to generate income, but that that was the broke year. And yeah. for a year I bought no real estate. I bought no real estate. I, I sucked at sales, you know, but I, I went to the gym every day. I went to the gym every day for six hours a day. And I would just talk to all the biggest guys in there and talk about real estate and, you know, how to get in shape. And what they taught me was discipline, like consistently. Like I see a big guy in the gym, and be like, hey, you know, what, what tips do you have? Like show up at four o'clock in the morning. I like, see another big guy in the gym. and I'd be like, hey, what tips do you have? And he's like, show up at three o'clock in the afternoon. All right, like, all right. I like, see another big guy. and I'm like, hey, you know, what tips do you have? What, what do you eat? Like, he's like show up at five o'clock in the afternoon in the morning and i'd be like showing up at four and then five and then three and these guys would just put me through a workout and but they talk the whole time like the mindset these they all did they were bodybuilders like they did shows like yeah and i was just looking for something to hold on to like something for for me to like grasp onto at the time because i had nothing and I, i needed an obsession but i knew if i if i didn't choose this obsession i would choose something dangerous for myself and at least this would put me into a a healthy state and then i could figure it out from there and like these guys held me accountable like they just kept me going and they they put discipline into my head and appreciating and enjoying the grind and getting you know just just showing up was enough and then once you showed up well why not do a little bit more and then once you at 10 reps why not push two more and like this principle of push yourself a little further just get to the next step don't think about it too much just get to the next step and Like that, that really started to help. And, but I was talking about real estate. You know, they'd ask, what do I do? And I just talk about real estate and I started buying real estate for investors. I started helping them invest because I had two houses. I felt comfortable with investors. My USP, when when I worked at Remax, they said, what what is your unique selling proposition? And I was like, I make good people, good money. And they told me that was a crap idea, right? They're like, that's that's terrible. That's not gonna work. Right. I was so arrogant that I didn't care. I was like, yeah, well, that's at this point, like I should be dead. And so since I'm here that I'm just going to do what I want to do, I'm just going to help good people make good money. You know, and, and that's, that's what I started doing. And wow. I, I built my business in the gym and you know, I built my business around bodybuilders and people who wanted more in their life, motivated people who are like improving their lives and I'd help them buy real estate. And I find out these guys already owned real estate. They were just, you know, buying a little bit more, buying a little bit more, and it kind of inspired me to get to that next level. And wow. year that year, I didn't buy any real estate, but next year I bought three houses because I had wow. I you know built up income, I built up knowledge, I even did a subject to existing financing. Like I found a way to. I was reading Bigger Pockets, and all you know, all these mentors were telling me you could do this, you could do that, and so I was started learning buying houses with no money, right? Because I, I used to think it was all my money. Then I got to making one hundred fifteen thousand that next year. I went from seventeen to one hundred and fifteen and and can you i know because you know the blueprint thing yeah I've never gone back I double it every year
0: <laughs> that's awesome dude that's awesome. But. That's, awesome but that's a that's a i mean you know before I ever read t harve's book um I used to, I used to teach salespeople, like you have a, you have an invisible ceiling in your head and, and, you know, maybe Tony Robbins, I I may have learned that. I I don't know. One of my favorite quotes is there's no such thing as an original thought. All wisdom is plagiarized. Only stupidity (laughs) is original. So like, like, you know, I, I don't know where I heard it, but I know it probably didn't come from me, but you know, like, like we have these ceilings and once we hit them unconsciously, it, it it's very very difficult to bust through that ceiling, especially really, if you don't see it. Right, right. So so you you broke through the ceiling. You made one hundred and fifteen thousand. You continue to double it. And is it all through the acquisition of real estate, or is it through? Helping a hundred people become millionaires. What 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 are you doing to to generate this income?
1: Yeah, so it that that guiding compass helps. So it, basically, by helping hundred people build millionaires, become millionaires. Yeah, and I've not surrounded myself with millionaires. Even if they didn't start off as millionaires, they've gotten there. And so when I got to the point where I, I ran out of cash, because this happens every year. Every year, a real estate investor will run out of cash because. That this is the first thing we do with cash is put it back into a deal. Yeah. You know, look, look at Grant, right? He's, he's always out of cash. He's just, okay, always you know, find more money, find more money. Yeah. Yeah. So every time I'd run out of cash, I would go and I'd talk to the sellers of property who owned a lot of real estate and be like, hey, you know, you've got some equity in your property. Will you loan it to me? Or let me sell your property and then give me the money afterwards. I'll pay you 12% and I'll go and I'll roll it into something else. And I was continuously stacking up Fli- I started flipping, you know, I never done flips before. I'd been a buy and hold guy. I built a real estate agency, I built a real estate team, and then I went and I started I took on a partner. So this was like my biggest fear was partnerships, you know, because my mentors told me partners for dancing, which is the biggest <laughs> like lie out there. If you want to succeed and do less work, you got to get a partner. Yeah. So I I hired an assistant because I had 22 units at the time I had 22 units. I was by myself running this real estate team, managing my own properties. And I was doing flips now. I just started doing flips and I was like burnt out. And I I thought like, I'm either going to bring on somebody to manage my properties or I'm going to sell all my properties. And like, Mm -hmm. I knew logically that didn't make sense. Like financially that wouldn't be the the right play. So I I brought on the assistant and then my, my, he was not a partner at the time. I met him on Bigger Pockets. He was just a friend of mine who I brought into my agency as an agent. He was a, he was a killer when it came to listings. He, I'd send him out to a house. He put an offer in, and we'd buy it. We'd acquire it, and I would do the flip, or yeah. you know, the company I worked for would do the flip. And he came to me one day. He was sitting on two hundred thousand dollars. He'd made it, you know, on a house that he flipped in Arizona. He was seventeen years military, and I liked him as a person. Just a calm, you know, quiet really nicely uh, mannered person with like dedication and loyalty, but he didn't have sales wasn't his his thing, right? He he did sales like systematically, Mm. but it wasn't his thing. And he was afraid to pull the trigger, but he was sitting on like 200 grand. And he asked me, he said, Hey, would you you do a deal with me? And I told him, I was like, no, like I'm, I'm done with realists. I've maxed out the amount of units I have for now. I'm, I don't need to buy any more for the next year, but I would do a flip with you. Right, to earn in more income for me to have more down payments. And so our first deal was actually a, a three-family flip that we bought for one twenty-six together. And we put it on the market. We sold it for 199000 199 with $10,000 renovation. We just converted it from mixed use to residential. And, and it how, quick, how quick did you flip that? that? That one took us, I want to say the renovation was like a month and a half. And we toyed with the idea of holding it. We actually rented it out. We had rent coming through it, and I think we held that for about a year so we get past the capital gains. We were, we were tax concerned, so we had this hybrid strategy—not not flip right away. We had this hybrid strategy: we'd buy multifamilies, renovate them, hold them for a year, and when a tenant moved out, then we go and put it on the market.
0: And, and this this was all happening in in Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh yeah! Wow. wow. Fall River, man. I, I was operating in the worst city in the
0: state. <laughs> oh my God! Wow.
1: You know, so, everybody, so you
0: yeah, go ahead. You, so you just continued building. Yeah. No,
1: I see, I had a loyalty to my city. So before my grandparents died, they had they had told me, like, this is the city we built in, you know, come back, like you know, live here with us. You know, this is a great city. And what I'd convinced myself is I know that's not the truth, but maybe I could make it better. Maybe I could make Fall River a better city by me going back, building a business. Renovating the real estate, kicking out the drug dealers, kicking out the prostitutes, kicking out the uh, the rambunctious, the uh, the bad tenants who don't pay, and like I just started buying real estate, and I, I kept buying it, and I would remove all the bad tenants, I'd raise the rents, I'd improve the buildings, and in turn, I'd improve the neighborhoods, I'd improve entire blocks. You know that block that I was talking about, the first block, I owned. Yeah. It. After after about two years, I owned the whole block, and I turned Did it around. You really? Yeah. <laughs> When dude, I get
0: are, wow, when I set my mind to something, it's insane. That's freaking awesome, dude! Wow. So, so you, um wow, and, and but you're not in Massachusetts anymore.
1: No, now I'm in uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida. So I still own back home. I still own fifty eight units in Fall River. Fifty eight. Fifty eight units. They've doubled in value. The rents have doubled since I started buying. It's I'm, I was buying buildings with rents at 550, 600. The rents are now 1200, you know, 1100. Like it's, I can't believe like how much rent has gone up and how much the city has improved my buildings. I've done nothing to my buildings, but I've got a 50% equity position in them. Like wow. it's, it's absolutely insane.
0: That's that is, that's incredible. So, so you um, wow, dude, so the, the partner that, that you were talking about, did you guys continue with your partnership? or? So Ken, I
1: literally, I'm selling my last personal house right now. So of that original portfolio that I had by myself, I'm selling my last personal house right now. So because I, I actually like Partnered, being partnered with him, he does all the stuff I hate. He talks to the attorneys, talks to the lenders. He does all the, he talks to the accountant. He handles all the books, and all I do is go raise capital and find the deal. I, I train people. I train wholesalers to bring us deals, so I, so they can you know make money and income. I train real estate to bring us deals, teach them sales, teach them you know marketing, so that they can make more money. Yeah. But selfishly, like I'm like, hey, if you need a buyer, like I'm right here. You know, I will buy them quickly in cash. Right, and. And that's where I spend most of my time. And then we built this training company. You know, the mentorship is based on how do we help people get to the million dollar status, right? It's my my personal mission. How do I get them to be millionaires? But it's also allowed me to bring people into the company. So when right. I need money, I raise private capital. I say, Hey, I'll give you 12% interest. Will you come in and do the deal with me? And it's it's kind of been this: my mission has allowed me to do what builds wealth. It's allowed me to do what builds wealth and my partner has been the best investment I've ever made in my life. You know, I used to say partners for dancing. Uh, I was a fool, right? Partners are for scaling partners are for expanding partners for getting to the next level. And he's loyal. I'm loyal. I told him, you know, the the day we partnered up, I said, I will make you filthy fucking rich. And I I remind him every so often that I'm, I stick to that commitment, right? If he's, he's in it to build a legacy for his, his daughters, he has three daughters. Yeah. And for me, I'm in it just to just to stay here, right? Like I want to teach, I want to teach at a bigger level, and so I have to keep earning. I don't yeah. believe in you know teachers who don't do, and so I have to keep doing and I have to keep learning, and you know it's it keeps me engaged. It's so like I don't have a choice, right? Like like normal people, they can stop.
0: You know right. I can't stop
1: because if right. I stop, pe- my students would look at me and be like, dude, like come on, you're you're supposed to be yeah. the real estate guy.
0: Are you doing, are you doing deals like um, similar to what Grant does or, or, are or... I, I mean, yeah. I know he's, he's, I, I look, I know like Grant's, you know, he's doing, you know, what? $300 million deals. I don't know, but he's Grant's, doing some big, yeah.
1: Grant's like, um, 500 units, put a dash of spice on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. He's so doing big deals.
1: The biggest deal I've ever put an offer in on was for, I want to say 15 million. So that was the biggest deal we ever put an offer in on. And I was sweating, you know, I, I sweat on every deal, every deal I ever put money down on, I sweat and I knew that I wasn't going to come up with all that money. Like we, we own $10 million worth of real estate right now to go in more than double the portfolio in one swing. You're talking raising capital from other investors. So I knew I'd have to raise somewhere around $5 million to do that deal and it, it made me sweat putting the offer in but i put the offer in i put the offer in wow. anyway and yeah. they denied it and like i had both this relief and grief at the same time because i was like damn like i want to prove myself like i want to go out there yeah. and see what i can do yeah so we, we put an offers on 65 units I, I just put one in on a three million dollar portfolio in orlando um we put about five seven offers a week you know anywhere between we'll say three million to that 15 million dollar range yeah. Like three million, I know I can I can raise that quick. Like that's you know seven hundred fifty thousand dollar down payment with maybe another two hundred thousand for renovations. I can do that, but I, I would need like a lead time before the next one. You know, like right. maybe it takes me six right. months to right. to charge up and, and find new investors, bring w- new people into the program. Wow, and it, it takes time for people to build wealth, Ken. Right, like like you come to me with a hundred thousand dollars net worth. I've got work to do before I'm even going to take your money. Right, like I've got to get your net worth higher before I feel like Grant says, ethical and moral about taking yeah. your money because I, right, I can't take right. 50 if you only got another 50. Like you need that money to keep rolling a little, like a couple times. Yeah. So I've got to age my students. You know, I've got to take yeah. that. I'd I be willing to put two, three years behind them before they can reinvest in our, our deals. So, you know, there's, there's just like this constant fill the funnel as soon as I can put as many people through the program as I can, and then stay with them as long as it takes until they're able to reinvest.
0: So you 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 are so you keep talking about students. I mean, do you have like an online training platform thing that you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, iBuildMillionaires.com is inside of it, there's a 52 weeks to wealth. they are the 52 wow. wealth principles, and you'll you'll recognize a lot of these, right? Because you've read all yeah. the books, right? I got yeah. 350 books that I've read. Yeah. And you've, you know, what was it? Napoleon Hill had uh the Sixteen or seventeen laws. T. Harv was talking about seventeen principles. Uh, yeah. Seven habits of highly effective people. The six laws of gold or the seven laws of gold. Right, like there's all yeah. these different principles and rules and laws. But if you distill them down, there's about fifty-two minors and micros, right? Like big yeah. ones that everybody agrees on. Like think a million, right? Grant Cardone. And, and then there's like smaller ones. Like the whole point in building a business is to sell your business. You don't build a business for cash flow. You build a business to sell the business. And yeah. Sharon you know, your
0: purpose go ahead. I said Sharon Lecter. I, she, yes, she talks about that. <laughs> yes, she she's been on the. She's a friend of mine. She's been on the show too. She's amazing. So, I, and, and in fact, I just had her on Amazon. I do. I'm an Amazon influencer as well. And so, I had Sharon. She just wrote a book called Exit Rich. <laughs> like that's the point, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean. Why why exit broke when you can exit rich? That's
1: that's the whole point, Ken. You you're a player, man. You're hanging with the right people. You have yeah, you read man.
0: Science of Getting Rich,
1: Wallace D. Uh, Waddles?
0: Wallace. Yeah, yeah.
1: So he says this: so focus on the best, surround yourself with the best, and you'll become the best. You've done that. Yeah.
0: Dude, I, I you know, Mark Victor Hansen, number one best selling author on planet Earth. Him and his wife are friends of mine, and I spoke we we talked or text almost every day or every other day. And and it's like the other day, this realization because I I didn't graduate high school, man. I, I walked out my senior year and said, "This is bullshit. I'm out of here." And 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 you know, I the other day I was like, I cannot believe some of the people I talk to every day. Like it's crazy, and 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 people need to realize that that man who you're like the. I grew up in a similar area as you. Look, Glenn Bill's on here. Do you know who this guy is? He's one of the top <laughs> EXP dudes in the world. Like that guy is, and he's a buddy of mine, a really good friend of mine. So like, you EXP. know, I, I see, <laughs> that's right. So I see all these, these people. I talked to Don Hobbs yesterday, who's a monster. Right. And, and so you know, I, I, you got to get around the right people, man. You got to get it. You could be the brokest dude on planet Earth. And here's what's really cool. And I think that, that, that right, you could be the brokest. You could be making less than 17 grand a year. But if you get around the right people like Walter, like me, like Grant Cardone, like Glenn Bill, Jeffrey Gittimer, all these amazing Mark Victor Hansen. We want you to win. Like and 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 people will actually help you come up, but you got to have the right attitude. You got to be putting the right information in your brain, am I right?
1: It's all mindset, man. It's all up here. The the devil's up here and the angels up here. It's it's all you.
0: It's it's the truth, man. What so let me ask you, let me ask you this, man. What what and I ask, I normally do Well, we're coming. God, we've been on here 40, almost 45 minutes already, dude. What do you think? And I ask everybody on the show this question. I can't wait to have Tony Robbins on and, and ask him. Um, so what do you think the number one thing is that s- number it, it stops people from f- true financial wealth or success? And number two, what what uh, what stops them from experiencing real freedom and joy in life? And, and I do think those two things are related. By the way, so well, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. What's your number one answer? Is fear. So you got to do better than that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can't use that one because what I discovered is it's something different, right? People just don't know what's possible for them. You can you can see a rapper on TV with all the the girls and the cars and the the money, and you can see Grant Cardone with the jet, and you can see you know, people out there doing things. But until you've been there and and physically touched a jet, until you've touched a Rolls-Royce, until you've, you know, been at a party where the girls were half naked, until you've seen somebody, you know, throw ten thousand dollars on black, like you just don't know it even exists. This was my problem. I grew up in that city where I, I all I didn't see money anywhere. I had no clue that there was more to make. And I I took a trip to Las Vegas. This is what what made it more possible for me was when I got there, I saw the buildings. I saw everybody drove a Lamborghini. Like it was just like, oh my God, everybody drives a Lambo. And I saw all the money and I saw the, the potential. And then I, I thought, okay, well, they're not like me. They're not from the same city as me. They clearly just came from money and had opportunities. And I, I got lucky enough to have a conversation with a gentleman who had, you know, a lot of money. He, he was very successful. He pulled out of a Rolls Royce and I just asked him, I had the guts to do it. And I was like, Hey, you know, how'd you buy that car? And he said, I built a business. I invested in real estate and that allowed me to afford not just this car, but a lot of really nice things in life. And he, he told me, he said, it's not about how you buy the car. It's about what you want in life, knowing what's possible for you and going and getting it. And then he, he told me, he was like, anything you want in life is possible. He's like, I, I didn't go to school, I didn't go to college, I built this business, this real estate business by myself, and like, if you want to do that, you can. And it it hit me because I didn't know this guy, right? So like, just a stranger, but who who I believed had all of this authority, gave me this this inspiration. So I think that the reason people are not successful is they don't even have a clear goal, they don't know what's possible for them, they don't believe in themselves. There's there's fear, right? There's fear, but. I think that people are are more afraid of dreaming of what they could be you know they don't they don't know how to visualize it they don't know how to see it they don't know how to think about it they don't know how to experience it you know the law of attraction right the secret was a great movie but at the end of the day if you don't know what that would even look like it, it can't be real for you so you have to go out and, and test those things out try them out
0: you know, I have um, I have friends that that own Rolls Royces. I'm not there yet. Same, <laughs> um, but, but I I flew down to um, one of Grant's best friends is a guy named John Hamlin that lives over on the opposite side of Florida from you. Yeah, and and many years, several six seven years ago. Um, I I built his website. And and it was I I had man I it was a I want to talk about a tough close. I had to have Elena Cardone close him for me. So, but so I I go down there and 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 I hang out with John for a day and he has a private jet also and and uh, he's like, "Let's go to lunch." And I go, "Okay, I'll I'll get my rental car." And he's like, nah, come on, dude. Jump in my car." And we go out and it's a Rolls-Royce and and dude, if you've not Like if you've not ridden in a Rolls Royce, like there's nothing like it. There is nothing, nothing like riding around in a Rolls Royce. There's just not, it's a really special feeling. And, and I think that, man, everybody needs to, you need to understand and, and, and not feel bad about it. Like you've got to learn how to feel good about accumulating wealth. And once you do that, once you have that breakthrough, man, life becomes, there it is. <laughs> once you do that, life becomes magical. It is. And look, Susan, Susan's never, you've never even seen one. Make it your goal to go, go to a Rolls Royce dealership. Go, go look at one, sit in one, smell it. The leather, The I mean, it, there's not, nothing smells like a Rolls Royce
1: the these cars are designed for like just to, to empower the driver like they're designed to make you feel better it's it's yeah. like a woman walking around with a coach purse you just like the purse is not functionally better it just is designed to make you feel like you've accomplished something and yeah. you, when you sit in a car like the rolls royce or you know my first my first uh really luxury car was a lamborghini and i sat down in it and i was like I cannot believe just how different this is. It's not comfortable,
0: no. But it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, it is powerful, and it's not comfortable. They're very, very uncomfortable. But you can learn to get comfortable in a Lam- Lamborghini, man. Right? So, so you know, I'll tell you there. There was a there was a day years ago. My wife and I had just opened our first. We had just met. And we thought, you know, it'd be a good idea for a new relationship to be in business together, and 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 go open an office, man. And so we opened this office, had some employees. My my, we and then she, you know, we had our daughter, and and so I I was at the office, had a handful of employees, and this dude that worked for me, way bigger than me. I'm on a call, and he comes in one day, and he says. Hey man, um, there's some dude looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot and I go, why are you telling me this? go you're bigger than me dude. go tell him get the hell out of here. He's like, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. I'm like, oh no, no and and apparently the bank likes it when you make your payments so um, <laughs> so. But see, everybody else was getting paid except for us. And, 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 and I remember, dude, that day, I can remember it being like, man, it wanted, I mean, the humiliation, the pain, the fear, the judgment, the fear of judgment, all of that just overwhelmed me. And I remember thinking, what's the point? of being here. What, what is the point? Like I'm working my freaking butt off and, and, and I'm watching a guy, you can't talk him out of taking your car, by the way, <laughs> it's not possible. And, and so, so I remember like just being completely humiliated and, and um, I think in the last year, year and a half, a lot of people, have um, I mean suicide rates went through the freaking the the roof, man. And um, you know a lot of people feel like they're barely hanging on. And um, w- what do you say to the person that's that's where you were when you thought about suicide? You know, when w- what do you say to the person that's barely hanging on to life, man? Maybe their car just got repoed, and the electric's getting shut off tomorrow. Maybe. You know everything's going wrong what do you say to that person to 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 help them through to the next moment
1: can okay, I, I love that and thank you for the opportunity to, to share this you know i'm doing a a conversation for mental health and awareness uh, this saturday and it's the the message i'm going to share there is the same message here is it gets better and i know that sounds cliche But I promise I was there at the bottom. I had nothing. I was worth less than I was born with. Negative twenty five thousand worthless, like worth less than a a baby coming into the world. And what what I'll tell you is that it does get better. I mean, you can change. You can be whoever you want. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care what you think those relationships in your life matter. If a relationship is hurting you that much, you can cut it off. I, I have changed all of my friends. I have changed all of my relationships. I have restructured the relationships in my family you can change how your family perceives you you can change how your friends perceive you you can change the activities you do every day you can change your body i went from being 140 pounds scrawny out not athletic to 188 pounds all muscle in the best shape of my life the woman i'm with you can change the spouse if you believe your spouse is the wrong spouse You, you can change your love you can five love languages you can change the relationships Everything about your life can be ten times better than it is today. If you're on the at the very bottom, if you're you're thinking my spouse sucks, or you know my friends are terrible, nobody supports me. I I don't. I I messed up. I made this big mistake. I'm going to to debt. I'm I'm going to uh, file uh, the bankruptcy. They're going to take everything away. You know I've I've let down people. I've lost people money. I've I've lost everything in crypto. Whatever your situation is. There is a way to dig out of it. There is a way to dig out of it and then it, your pain becomes your story. Like what you've gone through will one day sa- like save other people's lives. Like you could become a hero for other people. You all you have to do is be your own hero today, but one day, five whether it's 5 years from now, 7 years from now, 10 years from now, you could be the hero in somebody's life if you just stick around. And that's important. Because without people like you, without your story, your special unique situation, I was on a, on a call today with a woman who got raped and she said, you can never understand. And I told her, you're absolutely right. But the people who have been through your situation, you're the only person who can connect to them. I can't do it because they, they're not going to listen to me, but they'll right. listen to you. And, and so that's, you know, you got to stick around because it's more than just you on this planet. You know, there's other people who need some help.
0: Wow, dude, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. Susan said she's crying. That's amazing, dude. It's amazing. You know I um, I, I genuinely appreciate you I, I'm gonna pull a Grant Cardone man. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question Grant would ask what's your net worth man (laughs) uh net worth off the top of my head is hold on i got the spreadsheet right here (laughs) he said i got the spread i don't need to know i'm just playing i know i love it man i look at it
1: every day and it's part of my community i tell everybody my net worth today is 2.364 six six eight million dollars so uh 2. we'll we'll say just under 2.4. If it it fluctuates, I'm I'm in crypto and stocks. So it'll go up to 2.4, 2.5, but I'll be at 5 million by the end of uh, the next 10 months. You know, just a couple of real estate deals. I got to pick up another 750,000 in crypto, 2 million in real estate and double my business to get another quarter million out of the business. So it's just- Well done, dude.
0: I'll just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well done. Well done, man. That's freaking awesome good job and what show show your book i'm going to give you full screen one more time show everybody your book again broke to a quarter million right there broke to a quarter million gualtar amarello did i say it (laughs) right Walter Morell, You got it, brother. Hey, as long as you call
1: me, Ken, we're friends for life. You can mispronounce it the rest of your life, brother. It's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can't all be blessed with Ken Walls as a name, right? Breaking through walls. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What what crypto are you buying? Joe wants to know.
1: Awesome. So uh, do not, please do not do anything that I've done. Uh, I buy way before it makes sense for you to buy. And um, you know, I'm in Doge. I'm in ETH. I'm in Bitcoin. I'm in I'm this platform called Cub Finance that where I'm getting a 300% APY on on D5 fields, uh, yield farming. And uh, like the stuff I do is you've got to do your research, man. Like I get asked all the time, should I buy this coin? Should I buy this coin? It's like, dude, like, if you have to ask me, you are not qualified to buy anything right now. You need to find out about that coin, about what's going on. And if you have to ask somebody, should you buy, do not buy, you're not qualified. Right, like get yourself to the point where you have faith in your decision. You understand the token, what it does, what its tokenomics are, what the roadmap for the community is. If you can't answer those questions, you know LeoFinance.io. Go to LeoFinance.io. I blog there. The CryptoCat blogs there. Like there's some really cool people who put a lot of really good posts on what we're doing and the fundamentals behind things. But if anybody anybody tells you to buy a coin. Do not listen to them. Go and research the token. Figure out what's behind it. Figure out the fundamentals, the utility behind it. Do not make mistakes in this uh, in this volatile market.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joe said, "I've been buying nickels for ten cents. Is that bad?" <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, right.
1: It oh might work God. out one day.
0: Who knows? That's funny. There are eight. Well, dude uh, first off uh, where, what's the best place for everybody to follow you on social
1: uh gualter uh sorry not dot com facebook i'm i crush facebook i crush instagram it's gualter um you can go to my 52 weeks to wealth at ibuildmillionaires.com and you get me live every week every week i go on live saturday at 10. i'm on instagram i'm on dude i'm on
0: tiktok kenny you on tiktok i'm on tiktok dude yeah. Hell yeah! All
1: right, I'll follow. I have you. over
0: hundred videos on TikTok, man. Bro, I gotta catch you're like Gary V, dude, man. You're like crushing dude, it. My 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 ten year old daughter has twelve thousand followers on TikTok. All right, she's doing better than I am right now. I know, man. It's crazy. She's doing better than. My, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. But anyway, so go. So I'm sure all your social media is on your website. If not, we need to have another talk. Um, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. you know a good developer
0: <laughs> yeah i might but uh yeah i've been doing it 27 years so yeah but um look man i i genuinely appreciate you i think your story is absolutely phenomenal and 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 ken is the king of t- i actually own i own the king of tiktok.com i bought the domain <laughs> i i had hopes and 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 aspirations but but um anyway bro you're you're amazing thank you and i think it was charles that introduced us
1: charles coach
0: charles coachman my brother right there i appreciate the introduction thank you and and walter thank you so much for being here i'm going to end the live stream now but thank you to everyone who watched and shared this out The numbers are just Facebook is killing me with this shadow banning crap. I don't know what they're doing, but hey, share it out again if you already shared it. Thank you all. Appreciate you. And Walter, hang tight. I'll be right back. Thank you guys. Have a great day.